Hey, 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 what's up, La Familia, you crazy football-loving nutters? This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter-Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex, two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. You just love it when a plan comes together or you know pitcher really starts to develop and, and you really get a, just a, a firm understanding of exactly where you are compared to where you thought you were going to be maybe in the past maybe the beginning of this season but hot damn does it feel good getting back above that playoff line and sitting pretty at five buddy yeah i'm still kind of Kind of, kind of in shock, man. Like, it, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, nope, no way. I, I would have thought we were, you know, high on something if we were talking about this at any point. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back above. Um, definitely, some things are gonna have to fall our way as the last few games uh, continue on here. But hey, we'll take it while we have it. We will take it while we have it because, again, cannot state that every single point matters. Three points are absolutely massive at least we need to be walking away with draws coming away with some points but yeah I mean, it was just like definitely like disbelief was a, a pretty good word you know once that final whistle was blown i was just standing up and i was like mm, man like that. this is what we were hoping for but like best case scenario but you know it can always be wonky in the mls but hey man it feels good it feels good but welcome everyone to the inner mind podcast i am jay kington and i'm joined per usual by Mr. Than Harrington. How are you doing, buddy? I am good, man. Uh, another busy weekend, gearing up for a busy weekend next weekend, heading out to Harrison, New Jersey, repping the pod with the boys for the away day against Red Bull in a game that uh, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but hey, glad I bought the tickets for it now. So ready to go out there. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It will be a good time for sure. I mean, in another big game. And uh, what's going to make this one really exciting is. You know, I just saw the table rotate, so I think Columbus just drew it up. We'll get into it. There's some other games happening that are going to shake up the the table standings, but right now it sits, we're at number five. And, you know, we're recording this Sunday night at, what, 8-17, so there are some games on with some Eastern Conference teams playing. Uh, but right above us, New York Red Bulls, man. If we can go up there, like, if we could somehow secure a win, and then we're really just within, you know, one more win, and we could even jump them and be in a top four position, which I think would just be – uh, absolutely, absolutely massive. But, uh, hey, man, we'll talk about that a little late in the show as these games continue to play on. But, uh, you know, man, just hell of a game last night, man. Go, go ahead and uh, give us a quick uh, intro to uh, to what happened. Yeah, so uh, obviously, unless you're living under a rock, you know we won 2-1. Great game. It was Inter-Miami versus the Italian mob, as Ray Hudson was affectionately calling them last night. Uh, we came out in the 3-4-3, uh, lined up with Calendar, McVeigh, Sailor, Lowe, Taylor, Mota, Gregory in uh, the middle with Yedlin kind of hanging out like in a right wing spot. Then we had Lassiter, Higuain, and Pozuelo up top. Uh, yeah, I was actually... I was actually okay with this lineup. At first, it was kind of weird seeing it be a 3-4-3 and then seeing it being broadcast as a 3-4-3 across all the apps, which you and I constantly complain about. We don't know what the formation's actually going to be. To be uh, fair, MLS yeah. added it 4-2-3-1. So it wasn't ah, a clean sweep, but hey, if ESPN's doing better, then, then I'm good with that. Yeah, got me there. Um, but no, I, I liked it because seeing Yedlin out wide, you knew Pozuela was going to be able to cut in and be the playmaker where he needed to be in the middle of the park, but also offer up that support as needed. And and to be fair, 
Yedlin is the one that's always sprinting up the right-hand side. So you want to have Pozuelo be the one firing those balls into him. So mm-hmm. I was good with that. Uh, I like seeing McVeigh and Sailor and Lowe out there together. I think that's generally always a solid lineup. It's not one you often have a lot of questions with. Uh, and then the midfield play, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but the midfield play was uh, you know, absolutely spot on chef's kiss. It was, it was what we've been dying for, for a very long time. So, uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I was a little confused, honestly, you know, I mean, inter Miami came out with the, you know, the three, four, three. Okay, cool. You know, the, but then the game, when it started, I was a little thrown off by, by Robbie Taylor being in that left wing back spot. Uh, that didn't last long. Uh, before you know, we knew it, he was he was over on the right right hand side again. So I, I think he probably full rotated more back to the the four two three one honestly, and bringing Robbie back onto that right hand side. So a little strange, but interesting. And uh, you know, again, given the the fact that we're, we we're down some attacking options in in terms of uh, Campana and Coco, you know, hey, th- this is pretty pretty banging. And you know, overall. Really, just a, an impressive, an impressive night for for the organization and for for everyone there. Yeah, I mean, the fan base was electric last night. You could hear it clear as day. I mean, I know you were there, uh, even through the TV. You could hear like the fans were rocking and rolling Drive Pink Stadium. It was uh, sounds like one of those games you you definitely wanted to be there, and you know, especially with the talent that was coming in on that Toronto side, you didn't want to give them any advantage by i mean i'm not saying our fans are ever quiet but you definitely wanted to bring the noise on that one it was a good night for the fans to showcase what they can do yeah for sure i mean it it, it felt like family last night i mean everyone was getting into it even outside of of the north stand right where all the the supporters groups sit even on the east and west stands fans were getting into it they were clapping they were singing with us it was it was a really hype night and, and just a really really I think I've said it like three times already this word, but a great sense of like community. You know, it, it really was La Familia. There was love in the air. Um, you know, that feeling is amplified. Obviously, when when you're ahead in matches, when you're when you're winning, so uh, just just phenomenal, man. I you know, if every game could have that type of emotion with it, it you know, I'd, everyone would be a lot a lot happier in life. I believe. You know, it it, it also is is sweeter you know, given the hardships of this club. So finally, finally really have an identity, really a, a cohesive unit fighting for each other, never giving up, never stopping until that final whistle. And it, it's just, it's, it's nothing but, but happy, positive feelings today. Yeah. Well, why don't we keep the good times rolling and let's go ahead and dive into this match. Um, open up the match. It was, uh, you know, feeling each other out. I thought both formations were really put there to kind of, combat each other really well uh they both lined up fairly equally against each other uh game was back and forth up to the 24th minute uh yedlin had a throw in uh he and gonzalo played combination play until gonzalo cut back to the left to head towards the middle of the field gonzalo passed the ball in the space and i openly admit say i thought he threw it out in the no man's land i kind of threw my hands up i was like all right come on man and then out of nowhere mota comes screaming in from the middle and he hits that shot, and I could hear you yelling in my ear. Even though you weren't here, I could hear you going, yes, as Mota blasts that one. Uh, and then the, the thing is, Toronto's keeper had it, and then the spin on the ball just rolled it up over his hands in the back of the mm-hmm. net. Um, I stopped paying attention because I thought Toronto's keeper caught it, and then I saw everybody celebrate. I'm like, what, what, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's Crazy exactly, goal. That's exactly how it was in the stands. Like We see, you know, especially in the north stands, right? So... Uh, they were attacking the, the the south goal. So your angles, it's a little hard to, to really, you know, it's easier to analyze the game when you're watching, you know, closer to midfield or, or at least from, from one side so you can see everything develop. It's a little skewed on, you know, on either end if you're behind whatever goal it is. So, you know, it, it hit and everyone, like, you know, like everyone takes that breath. Everyone gets out. Then you see the keeper block it, and it's like, uh, exhale. And we're like, oh, like, it was a good shot. Then we're like, then we just see it roll in and then everyone's, you know, right back up again, going crazy. It was, that that was a a wild goal that, uh, you know, toyed with the emotions a little bit. Yeah, no. uh, And then speaking with toying with your emotions, I'm I'm really jealous for you because you got to see this one right in front of your face. Uh, 28th minute, the response from Toronto, uh, world-class Insigne started the move with a beautiful ball from cross field from, Left side of the center line, all the way up to the right side to Bernadeski. 
Uh, Bernardeschi cut in from the right side, attempted to rip a shot, but it actually rolled up Gregory's body. And then Insigne tracked this thing down, didn't even let it touch, and just blasted an absolute venomous volley past Drake's left. Uh, I mean, wow. Yeah. That's got to be that's got to be goal of the week. Uh, contender for sure. Yeah, and, and and I mean, you already said it. A class. That's 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 what I said when it happened. I was like, I mean, impressive, right? Obviously, you, you want to win, you know, and, and you kind of going from the the high emotions of being up and then a draw. But it's one of those goals, man. And, and there's been a couple of those goals that have been scored on us this season where it's like, yeah, you, you, you can't really be mad. It's just so impressive. And man, he just drilled that thing, and and seeing it live was crazy because it wasn't like it was. You know, he, he caught like a, a volley or a cross like around the six yard box or anything like that. I mean, this was deep and just drilled and pinpoint accuracy right past Drake. Kudos, kudos. I mean, I think everyone was doing the little Italian hands at that moment. Yeah, it was it was one of those ones where I was like, yeah, all right, that's that's one we're going to have to tip our cap to. If this yep. ends in a draw, that that is what it is. Um, but yeah, we, we also beautiful. I mean, you know, we knew this was going to be uh well i guess everyone thought it was going to be a pretty high scoring affair right two defenses that 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 you know are <laughs> mediocre I, I guess is and that's being generous uh but two teams who uh you know have found themselves late in the season with some higher offensive capabilities so i thought this was going to be a 3-2 game a lot of people were saying 4-3 um you know it, it, there it only was was 2-1 but this it started out just just as I had expected, and then you know it was, we'll cover here in a bit. You know, kind of locked up uh, in, in the second half and everything. But man, hell of a strike! Yep, absolutely. It's one of those uh, one of those ones you hit the record button yeah. when you play on FIFA and you hit one of those. Um, anyways, the game got a little more cagey from the the Insigne goal going forward. Uh, I was kind of expecting to go in tied into the half. And then uh, magic, magical football from the Herons. It's absolutely gorgeous goal. Uh, Lassiter scores this. Uh, Moda uh, kicks a free kick to the feet of Pozuelo. So it wasn't an actual cross in the box. It was a pass to the top of the box. Pozuelo crosses the ball high into the box and finds the head of Damian Lowe. Damian Lowe nods it towards Lassiter. And it was really hard to see it, but Lassiter almost does like a fake stutter step to his shot and then finds the smallest of windows between the keeper's foot and the defender's outstretched foot again it was one of those goals where i stopped because i thought it was getting deflected out i was watching i didn't and then i threw my hands up in celebration like screaming like a buffoon because i didn't realize it went in um (laughs) you weren't the only one i promise (laughs) yeah Uh, like i said fifa street that's that type of goal right there like it was one of those bing bang boom you playground like a playground goal it's like that, that's just, what it was just get it over yeah. the line yep that's all you got to yes. do and then to add insult to injury lassie hit the uh hit the gritty on on everybody and it was uh well uh well deserved however we can retire that celebration at any point uh but yeah what did you see from the north end uh another one that's where like it, I had there was like that a reconfirming process in everyone's head. Like, did we just score that? Like, it was two goals that were like we weren't. You're not sure about, it, you know. And then, of course, a slight delay, and then the whole place erupts. And, um, you know, I right, right back up there. And then I was like, you know, hey, like this was 44th minute. We all know this uh, the the five minute rule with the team. I mean, we we <laughs> conceded four minutes later after after uh, Moda's first goal. So I was like, hey, just get out of halftime. Get out of halftime without conceding. We'll go on to the second half. And then, you know, it, it locked up. And, um, dude, uh, props to Toronto. I mean, they were – we'll get into the stats. We just cut ahead. I mean, they had 16 shots, right? We only had eight. Um, the the defense really stood up tall on this one. And it, there were times where we didn't have momentum. And it would just seem like wave after wave after wave. So, you know, props to the squad. Became more of a defensive uh, – battle between the two teams and uh you know it's one of those where you're looking up at the clock 70 minutes all right 20 more just hold on 20 more minutes 80 okay cool 10 more minutes boom we hit the 90 minute mark phone's already out start that timer you know what was it uh three minutes of or no what was it six minutes of of added time no it was three 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 three. yeah 
And so I've got that up and, you know, people are yelling like, yo, how, how far are we? And I'm like, you know, two minutes and then 30 seconds, 30 more seconds. Hold on. And, and you get it. You, you, you get the win and you become elated because you, we, anyone who's been really following this and obviously it's very compact in the East right now, you just knew that this was the best case scenario that this was going to put us above the playoff line where we we're going to fall uncertain right because we still had games today but man just uh, it's just it's just a good feeling man just a genuine good time at drive pink well we'd be remiss if we didn't uh if we didn't discuss the last momentary hold of breath oh no head and hands moment where it looked like uh our boy bryce duke took somebody down in the box uh yeah i i, I definitely I was watching and Riley looked up next to me and he's his head's in his hands. And he goes, Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh no. And then when the official like waved on, like, Nope. And then they did the quick check. I was like, Oh my God, the bar gods are with us today. Nothing's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. This is great. Let's get out of here. And I liked this ref, you know, the, uh, I forgot who one of our, it was Iguain, I believe got taken down. I mean, the, it was it was really all ball, so I mean, class yep. tackle. I have one complaint, one complaint on that ref when the Toronto keeper was completely out of bounds with the ball running, and I think it was more the assistant ref because he couldn't really mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. But the one shot, the Toronto keeper was full out of bounds with the ball, and he's sprinting back up the box, and they allowed him to play on. I was yeah. like, whoa, yeah. okay. I, re- I recall but, that. I mean, for sure. but outside of that, I thought it was pretty balanced officiating. Um, yeah, compared to that, look, I've said it before, I'm going to say it over and over again. The pro ref group system, whatever it is, it, it's so bad. It's so wildly inconsistent. I mean, we go back to, uh, you know, the, the New York City FC game and one minute of at a time. And, you know, we're 97 seconds in. So, you know, a minute and a half, over a minute and a half. And it's they're still letting them play. And then they, they end up scoring to, to tie it up. Luckily, uh, we were able to to get the winner in that one because everyone was absolutely infuriated. Infuriated. What am I, I can't even talk right now. At that ref. And um, just to get a, a game where I felt like it was pretty fair, pretty balanced, there's always going to be something you can complain about. But overall, we've seen a lot worse. I'll take this all day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that ref is going to give uh, Inter-Miami fans PTSD for the remainder of the season because, uh, again, I saw the first board go up at halftime. I'm like, well, that means it's another four minutes on top of the one. And then I saw the board go up at the end of the second half, and I'm like, all right, cool. So we have another, you know, six minutes of added time. So, And that's you know, why we bust out the, the good old uh, stopwatch on the cell phone there. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how all the fans were actually starting to whistle at the ref as it got super close. Like, hey, by the way, we're watching. We, yeah, we, we yeah, know. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. And um, I also heard, like, some, you know, some like, kind of tinfoil conspiracies out there um, that the MLS doesn't want Inter-Miami in the playoffs because they want their punishment to have weight. And if we make the playoffs, it's showing that, hey, like, the punishments don't really even matter. Again, tinfoil conspiracy cannot confirm confirm nor deny but some people like really think that you know the refs have it out for us and i'm not saying they do but there is a lot of evidence of really bad calls against us and i don't like to be the one that complain about refs all the time but man the pro organization needs to step up the consistency across the board for the refs yeah, uh, I mean, I think you and I could talk about this all day, um, but that's not what the fans came here to listen to us complain about. They came Let's for those get into stats. This. Give them the stats, the stats they want. You soccer nerds, you. All right, so as always, we're going to go enter Miami and then the opponent. So possession stats, 41% to 59%. Shots, 8 to 16, but shots on goal, 4 to 4. Uh, I mean, it just shows Toronto was getting the ball in dangerous spots, but they just couldn't put it in on us. Uh, passes 392 to 545. I honestly thought that would be a lot bigger in our favor due to one of the negatives that we'll talk about here in a minute. Corners two to six, saves three to two, fouls 15 to eight. Get on you boys. We're coming back around <laughs> to our old ways. 15, yellow cards. Yep. Here's the impressive part 15 fouls. How many yellow cards? 
zero yellow cards for us one to them and uh reds obviously zero to zero so well done, um reds. yeah yeah i mean i don't know I'm, I'm good with all that uh positives for the match i would say uh gregory looked absolutely solid in the midfield for the first time in a really really long time and for me i know that might be harsh to say like some fans might be like well no he's looked good in other games but i couldn't find one thing i wanted to to pick out about Gregory's performance, I, I I could really be upset with. I guess um, he 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 played a full ninety minutes and he looked fantastic doing it. Um, and then the other one for me would be Ryan Saylor. He absolutely looked uh, like a stalwart out there. He he had Italians in his pocket all night, uh, and he, he he just looks like he's starting to really become that rock when we need him to be unfortunately we heard uh before the game started it sounds like mabika got hurt in the inter miami two match so that means sailor's really going to have to go ahead and step up and mm -hmm. continue to build on his positive success uh from these recent running games uh but what did you have for positives jay i'm just impressed with the the defensive unit you know there there seems like there's a lot of rotation between who's playing what position and we're dealing with injuries, but they're really becoming resilient and they're really playing as one unit and stepping up. And, you know, defense has been a lingering issue. This club's had really since, you know, it first kicked off in, in its very first inaugural game. Uh, so it, it's just really, really impressive. And then the consistency I'm starting to see in the offense, you know, it, it's not like our, our scoring opportunities are, are few and far between. We are, definitely more lethal and more potent on offense. And we're doing this every single game. It's just, it's really impressive to see. Um, I'll say, I mean, I'm just, just really impressed with the, the squad and everything. And, uh, and yeah, what, what would be your negatives in this situation? All right. The first one is not a shot across the bow, but it is a very well-documented struggle that's recently started to crop up. Drake's distribution was, was, was rough. Um, he had some great moments. Don't get me wrong. He did. Um, but some of the distribution that they had to do from the back was like the same stuff that Riley's doing in his, his, uh, travel league right now. It is keeper with two backs out and then two wide. And it seemed like that was when Drake was the most comfortable, but at one point, and, and you'll recall this, they passed it out to the back. They passed it to the wing. They passed it to the back. They passed it to Drake. And all of a sudden the Toronto players on Drake, like, like laying on rice. Like he's mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely there. And so then Drake had to make a quick pass. Good on you. He did. I think he hit McVeigh deep on the left-hand side for that one, but still it was really shaky. Like we need, He's doing a lot of things right. This is like one of the only things he really mm. needs to tighten up and get get figured out. And then uh, your boy uh, Emerson, uh, his decision making killed me. Absolutely killed me. There was a couple where he we probably could have had that third, mm. and he's like, nope, nope. Here we go. It's the Emerson show with that absolutely bleached blonde hair, like absurdly yep. bleached blonde yep. hair. Hey, he was uh, hyped though. He, he, we, he <laughs> walked by and just dabbed him up, and he was hyped. Yeah, I mean, good for him, but at the same time, like, and as he develops, he's really going to have to get that, the the maybe I need to be a distributor and then look to do attack a little bit later mm -hmm. role because I think Gonzalo had a chance if he would have fed him the ball. It's either Gonzalo or Pozuelo, I think, could have had a, another goal or had a, a goal if he just would have had his head up. So, yeah. uh, but not a lot to complain about, really. No, and, and just piggybacking off, like, off your, you know, the, the, Drake's distribution. One of the I'd rather actually like to add this into the the positives section is um, this partnership between Damian Lowe and and Drake is really uh, developed well, and you can tell that Lowe is is staying as close to Drake as he can to to be that outlet. I think they're they're aware. Drake's aware. You know the distribution could be better. There's definitely been some turnovers where the ball's going you know straight out of bounds, but Lowe really just sticking by him always. Uh, an outlet form is is just I say Drake. I mean Damien Lowe. Uh, it, it's just what's needed right now. As he continues to work on the the distribution, only negative for me, kind of in line with with the the you know what you said about Emerson, is Bryce Duke. It's just he's still not ready to 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 be a starter for a full ninety minutes. Um, you know, there's still some decision making uh, that needs to be cleaned up there. So 
really only negative I, I, I saw, but uh, that will come with time. You know, he's still very young and he's still getting better. I was actually just about to interrupt you to say, I just thought of one more positive. Go ahead. And I was going to say, I liked what I saw from Bryce last night. Because in the Discord, we were jokingly talking about Bryce going in at center back, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, at one point, Bryce is like in there mixing it up with the attackers because one of our center backs got out of position and he makes like a critical tackle. I was like, all right, sick. And he was getting in everybody's grill all night for when, you know, when he came on. Yep. I would agree with you. I will agree with you that he's not ready to be a full-time starter, but the future is bright if he keeps this upward trajectory as the season goes on into next season. 100%. I mean, and we've seen moments of pure brilliance from him, and you know how special he's going to be. Not, not, And I'm, I'm th- thinking even beyond Inter-Miami. I'm talking future U.S. men's national team. Uh, this guy's future is so, so bright. It's not a harsh negative, right? It's just, you know, hey, like, He's continuing to develop. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, just because I want to participate in the negatives <laughs> section, I don't really have anything too negative to say, man. I'm all smiles. Got to be hating on our boy Bryce like that. Um, but, hey, with that, we're going to move into the rankings. Uh, as you guys know, we are moving to Sunday night for our recording. So, as of right now, the power rankings are not out. Uh, but we can move on into what the Eastern Conference is looking like as of right now. Keep in mind, games are currently being played. Uh, so as of right now, we are in fifth. We are behind Red Bull New York in fourth. Uh, and they have one more game played with 41 points. NYCFC is in third with 42 points. And Montreal is in second with 46 points. Uh, we're not currently tied with anybody. But then behind us is where everything gets a little bit uh, more tricky. Columbus is in sixth, Revs is in seventh, and Cincy is in eighth. And this is based off of, again, when we did the uh, the review of these standings prior to this episode, they were all on 34 points. But Columbus has also played two less games, uh, 24 versus 26. And Revs and Cincy are exactly tied on wins, draws, and losses. So, again, Eastern Conference is is so compact. And then, like, I, I challenge anybody who's trying to get their friends in the MLS, if you want to show them, and I won't always say it's high-quality football, but, like, competitive football, not like League One, not like Bundesliga. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is, like, where every game matters. I mean, there's times in the EPL where I, I don't get hype over a regular season game. Every one of these games, like, all day, I'm thinking, yep, it we're getting after it. Yep. All right. We're playing these guys. We got to do our thing. So, um, but yeah, that's it for the Eastern Conference. Jay, do you want anything to Eastern Conference there? Uh, yeah, just uh, I can do a, an update here real quick. Hold on. Let me get back to this. Um, yeah. So as far as games that are, are going on right now. So Columbus and Atlanta, it's it's in you know, 90 plus one right now, two, two. So they're both going to draw. That's going to put Columbus at 35 points. That's going to put uh, Atlanta at 30 points. Uh, also going on concurrently, Charlotte versus Orlando. That's also being that's also a draw right now at 1-1. So we are getting a little love from the soccer gods. There's going to be games where we're going to be want teams to win, and there's going to be a lot of games where we want them to draw just to, to hold them back on points. So, uh, you know, right now, if everything holds, right, if, if Columbus and Atlanta draw, which it looks like it's about to be, if Orlando and Charlotte can not score in the next 14 minutes and we get two draws there, that's going to be, you know, again, we're in fifth with 36. That's going to be Columbus in sixth with 35, Orlando in seventh with 34, uh, and then it goes from there on out. So uh, really, really exciting times. Um, it's You got to keep your head on a swivel. You're, you know, you're obviously watching Inter-Miami because you love Inter-Miami, but you're also watching every other mid-tier, mid table team on the Eastern Conference as well. You got to keep your eyes on everything because it just evolves so quick and the amount of rotations between who's, you know, who's sitting in what spot is just nonstop. It changes, you know, multiple times every week. So uh, here's where we are right now. And thank you. Thank you, Soccer Gods, for gracing us. Let's hope these draws hold because it's only going to help solidify us up in the, the, the area we need to be to really finish out this season. We still have, you know, many games left in the season, but we're where we need to be right now, which is the most important thing. And we need to continue to stay focused in the future and keep moving forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I did want to add one more thing to the Rev Cincy thing real quick. Revs are only up on Cincy because they have conceded one less goal 
Like again, that's still absurd how mm-hmm. tight that is. Mm-hmm. One less goal. But uh moving on. Uh well, something on. I didn't because you mentioned no, goals. Go let's, let's talk about goal differential for a second. Oh, let's not we're, talk about we're, goal we're getting a little better, okay? <laughs> we're at negative eight. So we're no longer like the worst team. There's also teams. Chicago's negative eight. Orlando has negative eight. So, you know, hey, hey. Wait, we're, wait, we're wait. improving a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. We we no longer, unless we have like a cataclysmic collapse, we can no longer be the worst team with goal differential because DC's at negative twenty-seven. Plus their hearts. They're going uh, through it uh, right now. Uh, uh Waza, what are you doing? Anyways, uh something I never really thought we'd be talking about somewhat seriously. Mm. Uh supporter shield. We we kind of like put it in there just as like a all right, we'll keep everybody updated. Uh Surprise, surprise, everybody. We are in 10th place. What well, were your 15th uh, last week, I believe? Yeah, I believe. And we're usually and like we 18 were to 25. Out of like, so this is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were coming out of like the mid to low 20s. Um, so who are we behind? Uh, Real Salt Lake in ninth. Uh, Red Bull New York, again, one more game played, but they're in eighth. In Minnesota, they're sitting there in seventh. Don't you know? Don't you know? We, don't you know? And then uh, we're not tied with anybody. Uh, we are up on the Galaxy. They've played one less. Vancouver is in 12th, and they've played one more. And then Columbus has played two less, and this is sitting uh, in 13th place. So, um, surprise, surprise. Like, I, I, was, I actually had to double-check myself on that a couple of times when I was writing that up because I was like, there's no way. There is no way. Crack the top 10 uh, for the first time ever. Yeah. This well, feels good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. remember this feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, let's keep it going because the playoff projections presented by 538.com, we are at 51%. We were at 27% last week? Yeah. 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 It's amazing. But I will say, though, and I did put this in here as a note, Columbus is still at 71% and they're below us. Mm. So they're, they're definitely looking at a few strength schedule, what they think is going to happen, what they don't. Um, I also don't think that they're taking in. And I mean, it's kind of hard. One of those things to like rate, but they're not taking into consideration that Miami's actually coming together. The boys are coming together as a group. I was reading into, I may or may not have put some skin in the game against Toronto versus inner Miami. And I was looking at it and all the pundits were like, Toronto's going to blow them out of the water. Toronto's going to beat them. Toronto's going to put them behind the shed. Toronto's going to do this. Toronto's going to do that. So, good. Keep doing that because I think it makes good uh, locker room material for the boys. Um, yeah, let's just, just just hold on to this feeling, like you said, brother. We're a completely different team. The, like, the, the second half of this season, right, which was, I don't what was the halfway mark? Uh, like, five weeks ago, something like that. Maybe a little more than that. That's just off the top of my head. Once we got Pozuelo, everything just started clicking. Like, we got our missing piece. We were already improving, and he's just able to, to, to elevate everyone. We're a completely different team. Uh, we are, you know, we're an opponent. You know, I, I, you're still going to see, there's still going to be that inner Miami hate. You're still going to see these pundits, you know, say, oh, you know, they're not good, or you know, whoever they're playing is should, be, should beat them. But, like, no, man, like, we're really, you know, even if we're not getting the credit, like, if you're following this team, you're seeing everything's turning. The tide is turning, and it feels damn good to finally have a, an actual competitive team that, you know, you're getting some reward for the time and dedication you give to this team. You know, whether, you know, all the times driving up from Miami or driving down from West Palm, or if you're in Fort Lauderdale, good for you. Uh, you know, it takes time. And then you're, you're at the stadium early. You're at the stadium late. You're going through all the delays, man. And you've been doing this for two and a half years. Now you're finally getting rewarded. Now there's finally, you know, you you don't have to over-explain it to someone because they think you're crazy because you keep going to you know, support this team week after week after week and being let down so many times, man. It, it's just, it's it feels good. I, like, I, I don't have any other words to say, man. I mean, you can see me smiling now. It feels really good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, People might call me crazy. I, I'm not saying we'd win, but I think right now, if you put us up against Philly or LAFC, we'd give we we'd go nine rounds, toe for toe. Like we would, we would, we put them through a fight. Um, I, again, I'm not saying we'd win 100. Like if if we did like a we'd, series, we'd, be we'd probably lose. We could at least yeah, be yeah, competitive. 
Yeah, yeah. There's We'd still a lot of games left to keep improving. And once you're in, you know, into the playoffs, once you're in a, a single elimination style setup, anything can happen. Shout out Sacramento Republic. Check it out. Anything could happen. We could sneak in. I mean, you know, it's not like we're, if everything sits here, like five, it's not really necessarily sneaking in. But hey, man, yeah, I mean, I don't think many teams are going to be uh, as excited to play us as they may have uh, previously been. I'm going to say it will be sneaking in because we should be wooden spoon contenders, yeah, yeah, quote, yeah, yeah. unquote, this year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but hey, let's look forward. Uh, you know, as I already said, I'm looking forward to this next match. We are playing our boy, Lewis, in Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey, 7 p.m. Saturday. Why don't you draw some education a- to our listeners on the Mighty Mighty Red Bulls? Mighty Mighty Red Bulls. All right, you got it here. They were established in 1994. The inaugural season was in 1996, and they were formerly known as the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars because why not make it the longest name in all of pro sports? Uh, They were rebranded in 2006 after being sold to the Red Bull company, and they were uh, made to match the global network of soccer brands that they have under their conglomerate. Uh, As I already said, they are the only team in the New York area to actually play in in their own arena, and they don't even play in New York. It is in Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, Trophies won. They have won the Supporters' Shield in 13, 15, and 18. Uh, And when you watch them play us, it is always a dogfight. Red Bull have won three. There's been zero draws, and we have won twice. So they've never won Uh, the MLS Cup? No, they were runners-up. Okay. They, they've been bridesmaid and never the bride in the MLS Cup and the Open Cup. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, the recent run of form, they have, and, you know, you've heard us talk about this on the pod because, you know, we've definitely been focusing on the rest of the league, but they've really kind of imploded recently mm-hmm. with one win, two draws, and two losses. Uh, I, I really don't know how to read too much into that because when they lose, they tend to lose big and i don't mean by like score line but like they're up and then all of a sudden like someone just turned the light switch off and nobody's home so mm. yeah I, I don't know i don't know we'll go from there um yeah players to watch obviously lewis we're gonna be watching him uh patrick kilmala uh jay you want to take the brazilian name on that one because you know i'm gonna butcher it if i have to Luquinhas. yeah that guy uh aaron long and sean and dylan Nealis. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. Not to mention the young gunner himself, Mr. Caden Clark. And they also have a, a midfielder that I actually really like. His name's Omir Fernandez. Uh, young young guy, only 23. Uh, pretty stud. I think he's going to have a bright future as well. They've got quality players. But, yeah, they, they've just been imploding. It's a... It's uh, I think it started like a, like a week or two before the Orlando open cup match and then it's been it's been the struggle bus for them i mean and that's why like now we're you know kind of right we're right behind them i mean they're, they're full speed trying to trying to you know get the get the car started and then you see you know turn around you see a crazy you know inner miami just running behind you with a knife coming for you yeah uh apparently in this situation red bull does not give you wings because they are <laughs> falling to earth fast uh i will say though i I noticed a coincidence. Every time Lewis scores first, they tend to collapse. The past oh. two games where they've had major collapses, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I know that. But the U.S. Open Cup, Lewis scored first. Bang. They lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to say it was Colorado where it was a draw, but I could be wrong. Uh, Lewis scored first, and they they collapsed. Ended up either drawing or losing that game. So, um, yeah, is what it is. Obviously, you and I saw the 2-0 win at the drive pink stadium Mm -hmm. together uh so i feel confident 2022 yep yep i feel confident what's your prediction here that's what i'm saying i'm I'm thinking i'm gonna go big on this one dude Mm. this one's gonna come back to bite me in the ass 4-1 enter miami wow that is aggressive yep um like I'm, I'm the responsible side of me 
wants to say 2-2 because we're not that great on the road. But given our recent form and given their implosion, their collapse and their struggles, I'm going to just stick with my lucky 2-1, man. Seems to be good. Enter. 2-1 enter to be specific. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I 4-1 and I'm grinning like an idiot because you knew – you know, I was picking. Maybe you look like a genius, and maybe you know we're all we're all in very good spirits Saturday night. I'm gonna hold up a sign. I'm gonna try and get on national TV. If it's four one, I'm gonna unveil it and say, "Jay, I was right." And that's just gonna be it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. So let's move on. Looking at games that have caught our eye for this coming week. Uh, definitely watching Cincy versus Columbus. Uh, I'm gonna be keeping an eye on those. Dirty, rotten, finish that sentence, if you will, Orlando versus NYCFC. Uh, again, pretty much uh, we, we could have thrown a dart at any Eastern Conference game at this point. Mm-hmm. Just going to have to going to go ahead to have to watch it. Also know that on Wednesday, there's going to be games as well as Saturday and Sunday this week. So it's another double game week for all you fantasy nutters. You get on it. What are you watching, Jay? Uh, so obviously, I mean, I've been following the, uh, as far as this week goes, the, the games you already mentioned, right. Um, for next week, wholeheartedly agree, agree with what you're watching. I'm also going to add Charlotte and Toronto in there just because anyone in that, that mid table, I'm automatically watching outside of this super compressed Eastern, uh, conference, uh, Friday night, 8 PM LAFC versus Austin. That's going to be a fun and exciting game. Should open up quite a bit. Uh, two teams that uh, are, are just rolling right now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're, what, one and two? Um, yep. They're probably, yep. are they one and two on the on the power rankings? I can't even remember. But anyway, two of the top teams, going to be a, a hell of a game to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, when I was when I was thinking about this, I didn't even put the Western Conference into my mind because yeah. LAFC's been on a whole nother level right now. Yeah. And they're they're kind of running, but you know, good on Austin, second place right now. And they're they're keeping pace to a degree with them. They're only nine points back from LAFC. Um, but yeah, hey, that's a good one to watch. Check it out. Um, moving forward talking about lafc they became the first team to clinch a spot in the playoffs already uh they're sitting on 57 points uh, and i think the seattle game last night is what really got them over the hump if not that was one of the games that had to get them over the hump and some other things worked out as the day went on so mm-hmm. yeah lafc's already clinched moving to the complete opposite end <laughs> them boys in dc Got six hung up on him again. Dude, it, <laughs> did, didn't that that happen the, the last time they played Philly? It was six yeah. as well, right? Uh six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. And and I think uh, another Julie <laughs> Carranza hat trick. Shout out to shout out to to, to Julian Carranza, man. What a good for you, uh, buddy. Glad to see you're so, doing so well. So on the eighth of July, it was seven nothing in Chester. Okay, and. Oh, sorry, I went the wrong way there on this table. And then so in they're, DC, they're it minus was thirteen nothing. goal differential on just two games. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like that might just tell you that Philly's in a different class of its own because LAFC went down to DC earlier this week and only beat them by a score of one to zero. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if Philly, uh, when Philly's rolling, man, they are rolling. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into Philly because I don't need any of your hatred towards <laughs> my so-called allegiances here. But um, no, Philly's Philly's looking damn good. I mean, like you said, Carranza had another hat trick. Gazdog scored from the uh, from the penalty spot. I think Corey Burke had another screamer across the face of goal and just into the back of the net. So, you know, as much as I'm talking about LAFC being one of those teams that could. Uh, Possibly win it all. I mean, Philly, you can't deny what they're doing over there right now. So, yeah. Uh, last little bit of news. Uh, as much as we don't want to cover it, he was a world star at one point, one of the best to be a striker in his time with uh, AC Milan, I do believe. Uh, mm-hmm. But Pato underwent knee surgery and has a uh, undefined recovery timetable. 
per Orlando. Uh, so, I mean, much he plays for Orlando. He was a, he was one of those ones we kind of grew up with. So it's hate, yeah, hate to yeah. see him go down. He, he really had an injury laden career. Uh, didn't really allow him to get to uh, his full potential. I don't think. Did you know that he, when he played for Chelsea, he scored in 50% of his games. That's absurd. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. He played two games and scored one goal. Sick. <laughs> that Paul told me that outside the stadium, and I was dying of laughter. You really set me up for that because I had no idea. I was like, "Damn, wow, that's all. That's like ridiculous. Dude, it's like drawing below." I yeah. remember it. Like, yeah, it was just one of those classic bad Chelsea signings. Yeah. Hey, it's all right. We can talk about Chelsea because it sounds like the pride of Hershey PA is going uh, going our way here soon. But mm-hmm. we won't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter Miami news. Uh, we had a few call ups. Uh, Adrian Rosario was called up to the Puerto Rico U17 national team. Nicholas Almeida and Santiago Morales were called up to the US U16 team. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel Abadia Reda, if I mispronounce that, it's just per the usual, got called up to the U17 US team. Um, I didn't know Puerto I mean, Rico had their own men's national team. They're, they're a territory, damn it. Why aren't they repping for the United States? That they just had enough. They're like, no, 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 we're good. No, we're not doing this. Um, but jokes aside, the academy, as we could keep saying it all day long, they're 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 producing. It's producing. Yep. The 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 foundation's finally set. It's yep. it's good to go. Like a couple more years and it starts you. to bleed into the first team, and then phew, man, then we were really gonna gonna elevate. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's already bleeding up into the uh the next level, you know, inter Miami too. Like they're they're pushing up for a playoff spot as well right now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good news all around. I could say right now, Inter-Miami 2 at the time of this recording is beating Rochester. Shout out to my boys back home. Uh, they are leading 2-1. to one. So it looks like uh, Inter-Miami 2 is also moving up the table. So good on you, lads. And uh, the final bit of news, and I was kind of confused. I didn't know really how to approach this piece of news, Jay, because there's like confirmations that it existed, but it didn't exist, but it did. Um, Inter Miami unveiled the Inter Miami Foundation this past week. Yeah, yeah. But it had already been set up and operational since 2020, but they unveiled it now. So I don't know. I mean, it, it it's a good cause. I mean, they do a lot of good for the for the local youth. They do uh, gear drives. They do back to school stuff. They do. Uh, they help found uh, fund special Olympic athletes in the local area. Uh, it's really good organization. It's just kind of weird announcement. Yeah. Strange, strange rollout. Um, and then here, here's some uh, here's some late breaking news. Uh, Tesho Akindeli just uh, scored in the 89th minute. So Orlando is beating Charlotte two one right now. 90th plus four right now. Uh, that means Orlando has now jumped us, and we're both sitting at 36 points. We're separated. Because Tesho just scored, they're now at negative seven goal differential. So they're only beating us off goal differential. Uh, but yeah, so right now as it sits, um, Orlando fifth, Miami sixth, Columbus seventh. Why'd you, why'd you have to go do that to me? I'm just giving live updates as they come, buddy. Damn, man. It's our, it's our responsibility me, to the community. Been let me get through only fans with my happiness until, <laughs> until that. I mean, hey, you know what? You're gonna have to get used to it, folks. You know, it's it's gonna be one of those things. It could be the very last day, and that's what makes the sport exciting. Like, very last day, very last kick of the ball. Uh, if any of you have not watched, uh, was it? Uh, what do they call it in the EPL? The the final day. Like, it's not deadline uh, day. It's uh, um uh, decision day. Decision day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like the most exciting time yeah, of the year, especially the, the relegation. Or, yeah. Oh yeah, the relegation, all that. Like, who's going up? Who's going down? Who's going to win the league? Who needs who to win the league? Like, that's yeah, yeah. that's where it's at. But this is going to be um, an intense finish to the season because I have a feeling that we're going to be battling back and forth with Orlando throughout the you know remainder of the season. And you know, in case everyone forgot, they did reschedule the Orlando game because I'm sure the MLS doesn't want to get embarrassed by Sacramento Republic being an MLS team. Uh, so that is now the second to last game of the season. So October fifth. There's chances that, you know, whoever wins that game is going to get into the playoffs. And whoever loses that game, depending on how the table looks, might not. That's a home game. We play much better at home. 
We've obviously played Orlando twice this year and lost. We really want to uh, get, get a win here and, and don't just get, you know, a clean sweep this year. But man, oh man, oh man, I've mentioned it on a few episodes in the past. If that game is when we can jump them and kick them out of the playoffs, ooh, that is a revenge. So, so sweet. I will have hot Twitter fingers that night. <laughs> I will be spitting it out everywhere that night. Sick on Twitter. Hot. Yeah. Um, but hey, it's my time to shine. It is. Spread it open, buddy. It is premium content. Like, subscribe, OnlyFans, where you get let down constantly by my inability to produce premium content. We're going to have to set you up with a Patreon here. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to buy what I'm selling. Anyways, uh, Jay, first question for you. Uh, are we deep enough to last the remaining eight games and make the playoffs, or are we one Higuain injury away from running out of gas? Oh, um, I mean, you've seen other players starting to step up. If we lose Higuain before we can get Campana back and uh, you know, or Coco back, we could be in some serious trouble. We do have the pieces where we could still compete, I believe, but you know, missing that that true striker, I think, would be pretty critical. So we've also, you know, that I think fifth is the highest we've ever been ranked. Uh, we were ranked that one time previously. Then the Sunday games played, and we were dropped off. That was that was last season. That literally just happened. I just updated everyone a couple minutes ago. <laughs> you know, we were in fifth. Uh, now we're in sixth. We've seen the wheels fall off two years in a row. Uh, at the end of the season, you know, we'll typically go on like a, a decent unbeaten streak. And then in crunch time, it all falls apart. So I don't think we're deep enough to where um, right now, if some serious injuries happen, um, I, you know, it's, it's not going to make me feel positive uh, about making the playoffs. But again, anything could happen. And the team is really stepping up in other areas with other players. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. It's not a really definitive answer, but we're going to need at least one striker. I'm going to say no, we're not, because social media has showed Kim Poppy getting ready. Looks like he's back to training at like maybe like 65% of where he was prior to getting injured, but he looks like he's well enough ahead of the original timetable. So I think, I think we'll be okay, so you think even we if we had. Enough. Yeah, I think okay. we are. Well, I was going to no, say. So I wasn't sure. Okay, okay. So, okay, so I said no because we're not one injury away from running out of gas. Oh, okay. You're what saying no to me. Said. Yes. Okay. I got you. Yes. Yeah, my fault. Um, so let's piggyback off that. Uh, do you have a rough idea or what do you think of the timetable for Coco and Kimpapi to return? I kind of already jumped on that with Kimpapi. He's on yeah, social media. Yeah. He's so, working out. You know, mid-September was what they were projecting for for Campana. I mean, we'll be realistic. Like, I don't think he's Adrian Peterson, right, with his knee where he can just come back from a like late-season ACL tear and then come back and just be just fine, like recover in like four weeks. Um, but, you know, if he is recovering early, that might be bump it up to you know early september which i mean the sooner the better right we definitely want to be able to to be able to to play him and, and utilize him when we need him so you know if he's doing well we'll say we'll cut a week off that i was kind of projecting like the columbus game or or dc but you know maybe we can get him for chicago which is on uh, september 10th all right yeah i mean i was obviously hoping for him to be there at dc but yeah and then coco he, i would think is like another week or two if they decide, I mean, let's be honest, and I'm not saying we need to overlook anybody because all these points are critical, but if they really wanted to rest him against DC, like, I, I don't think I would hate that move. Like, yeah. Yeah, don't rush the, him back. No, don't, don't, don't rush him back. Absolutely not. Plus, he's done enough for us. Let's make sure he's fit for the World Cup, too. Like, yeah, I'm not saying exactly. bench, him for, bench him for the rest, but, like, let's keep him happy because then he'll want to resign. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I want to say shout-out to... Uh, Matty Pellegrini signed with NYCFC and the club uh, let him go. Um, like they, we received no money. We wanted to do right by him because we kind of screwed him over. Put it bluntly. You know, we, we really screwed over that kid for a couple of years. Uh, but, you know, good on the club, recognizing the situation and then, you know, wanting to rectify that and, and do right. And, and I completely agree with you. We want to protect Leo so he can go to the World Cup. If, you know, just like the last question, if Gonzalo got injured and was going to be out for several weeks, 
that's the only case I'd want you maybe pushing him up a little earlier. But for all other, you know, and I'm not jinxing anything. I hope no injuries happen. Don't rush it. Get him back to to the level we need him at. You don't want to yep. you know, bring him on and retweak or re-injure and then be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I know this one's been asked uh, a couple times, but I still want to put that in there, see if you've got any you know, updated thoughts on it. Uh, if slash when we purchase a DP in the winter, what position would you primarily look for them to play? Um, I would love a solid uh, DP and another addition in midfielder, maybe like a winger, uh, something that would be another attacking option. Uh, this, you know, the, the numbers are different. It depends. You know, the, there's a, an option for another year of Gonzalo. And at this rate, if, if he wants to stay and, and they can, you know, agree to something, I'm okay with that. Some people are saying, you know, hey, they're, they're not okay with that unless Iguain wants to come back on a TAM deal or something like that. So um, depending on what happens with, with Iguain, like my priority would be on the wing or someone we can utilize in the midfield as far as the DP spot goes. Um, if Gonzalo is not here next season, then immediately it would be on, uh, you know, another you know, DP caliber striker. Uh, Pozuelo is definitely going to be a DP next year. Uh, that's pretty much a given. Uh, we are still waiting to find out what happens with Rodolfo Pizarro. I actually think Pizarro would do quite well in this system with, with these players. So I wouldn't necessarily be against having him come back and finishing out his, uh, you know, the rest of his contract. But, uh, yeah, that'd be, you know, kind of where, where my assessment would be. What, what, what would you be looking to bring in? If you would ask me a couple of weeks ago, I might have said a center back, and I know we've butt heads over that before. Don't want to waste a DP spot in a center back, and but that's that's where I would have said a couple of weeks ago. I have to agree with you one hundred percent. Striker, if we, I don't know, if Gonzalez doesn't come back, yeah, sure, get a striker. We definitely need another pacey winger. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I don't think Indy's going to be that guy that we're going to be able to rely on. He he kind of regressed, and there, there's not really a rhyme or reason why. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, Would you so be yeah. open to, you know, let's say hypothetically, you know, we Gonzalo is is a DP next year, and Pozuelo is a DP next year. Would you be, I guess, open to instead of just bringing on another DP? breaking that up into the to the the three young players you know the the the, the kind of structuring it that way instead of having three dps have two real dps and three young ones yeah i'd be okay with that i think everything has to fall in line to be in the best interest of the club so how, however hendo wants to do it i mean he's i like the youth movement my... we're doing right now though it would yeah it would it would be right on brand with getting these young hungry uh you know probably from from latin america coming up yeah, no, and I'm always going to use that as a plug for you and I. Like, it's almost like a couple of these guys here have been talking about this for a couple of years, and all of a sudden the youth movement happens, and everybody's like, oh, we, we didn't see that. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. And we're like, hmm, hmm, okay. You must be listening to another different podcast. You <laughs> see, you, you traitors. Um, all right, continuing on, we got three more. Jay, do you think Nick Marsman gets looked at as a cost-cutting measure? I do not. We already, uh, you know, Diop's no longer here. Uh, we're going to need a backup. So I, I don't. I think I think Marsman stays. Um, I think there's other areas you could look to to cut costs, but um, we we need a we're going to need a backup keeper. You know, if God forbid anything happens to Drake, uh, Marsman's a really good secondary option to have. You know, they are two quality keepers. Uh, I would like to keep both of them on the roster. Um, I would agree. I would like to see maybe if he gets his contract wiggled around a little bit. Mm. Um, I also know that Dos Santos is starting to come into his own down in uh, Inter Miami too. So it'll be interesting. I think Next this year as well, though. I don't know if we need to thrust CJ up just yet. Like he's no, no, well, doing well. He'll keep developing. Marsman's, you know, more in the twilight of his career. So we can have Marsman for a year or two, let him ride off into the sunset. CJ will be primed to come up then. I think it works out like that. Yeah, before you jumped all over me there and and stole my thunder, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Tweak that contract, get Marsman down a little bit to save a tiny bit of money, keep him on as your backup, and then let CJ continue to develop and then move forward. But you know what? I'm just going to move on because you said what I needed to say and whatever. Um, 
Jay, do you think we've seen the end of Robbie? Um, no, I don't. I don't. Um, he's young. He can take a, a few hits. Uh, you know, I, I still think he's um he's he's kind of getting sad, right? He's kind of getting grouped into that class of like uh you know really bright future you know class players that that never happened right you know because of, of unfortunate circumstances i don't think uh we'll be <clears throat> i don't think he'll, he'll be done with uh certainly not the mls you know maybe inter miami i would honestly like to kill uh like to kill him what am i talking about? like to keep him oh. <laughs> i want to i want to keep him <laughs> let him recover and you know yes maybe he's he's we haven't got gotten the results from him that we were expecting given his resume being the you know winning the herman award being the number one overall draft pick but um you know i want to keep him i i, I don't want to give up on him yet so i'm hoping no but it's tough to tell it really is he is uh he's just keeps getting injured and you know that's tough it's a it's a kind of like a, a little curse you know yeah, it reminds me of, and I know I threw Greg Oden out there a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, the more I think about it, it's like Derrick Rose. Yeah, Derrick yeah. Rose was lighting it up, and then all of a sudden, bang, there goes his knee, and it was it was one of those things that it just makes you sad. Mm-hmm. Like it, you, you could see how much it means to him to be out there on the field. You can also see that the game and the club is passing him by because I don't see him, you know, supplanting somebody else like a Robbie Taylor or somebody like that who happens to be out on the wing. Like, I I don't know. It's I'm going to stick with what I said earlier in the season. And that was if he didn't show anything or if he got severely hurt again, we have to look at possibly moving on from him because we're essentially we're paying him to be in the physio room. He is our yeah. Phil Jones. We are paying him to be in the physio room. And one of the areas so, that we have the most depth on is is our wingers. You know, yeah, we, we, we do yeah. many options. And it, as always, I say it's never a personal attack against Robbie. I love Robbie. I love I love watching him play. I love his passion. I love what he scores. He's 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 with the crowd. He's a good team player, but pro sports is cutthroat business, baby. Yeah. It, it unfortunately it's. That's at the, the end uh, of the day, it's a business. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a business. No matter how much you like to label yourself as a family. Yeah. Last question, away from the MLS. <laughs> Please don't attack me. What are your thoughts on the state of the EPL right now? What what grounds do I have to attack you on, dude? Like it's <laughs> we, we lost the Brentford the and table. Brighton. Arsenal's top of the table. Like <laughs> Newcastle just drew out City. Chelsea's just got blown out three out of Leeds. Liverpool and Manchester United are winless and playing each other tomorrow at 3 p.m. Like, that'll be a yeah. good one to watch. But, like, well, I don't – everything is upside down right now. And so, it's uh, season just started, so I'm sure it will correct itself. But this is – yeah, and then and Tottenham, Tottenham fans are, you know, are feeling so so happy, so elated. But, uh, you know, I, I keep in mind – they have like no reference point of really being good consistently. No. So they, so this is just like winning, winning the champions league to him just to be, you know, on the right side of the table. Um, yeah. It's, it's upside <laughs> down, man. It's upside down. What do you, what are your thoughts? Dude, did you just compare that to winning the champions league? That's, that's sad. That's how they're oh feeling. Like they are, they yeah. are, they are hyped right now. Yeah, I've I've muted some uh some Spurs fans on Twitter because they uh, they definitely think they just won the quadruple over everybody just because they got mm-hmm. out of the gate for once. Uh honestly, I mean they're top four, bro. Not- they're going back to Europe. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. They're good, they're gonna end up in the conference league before it's all said and done, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean I'm super disheartened uh from my perspective for uh you know United. They had, they they just put freaking uh, what's what's the stuff that was peddled online like flexi flexi seal. Flex they put seal, flexi baby. seal, yeah. yeah, all all over a Titanic size gaping hole. Like it, it just didn't it didn't work out. Uh, Chelsea, uh, we, I think you and I both thought they were going to have a little bit of struggle. The, the attackers mm-hmm. were not really lining up to where they needed to be coming into the off season. Liverpool definitely shocked me. Um, yep. I didn't ever imagine Arsenal would be that good, even though I have Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus on my uh, my fantasy team there. So, well, you know, I mean, Arsenal went the youth movement route. 
as well. Um, struggled <laughs> in recent years, but they're starting to see that the the commitment to that to that project pay off. And you know, if you haven't already, check out All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. They covered Arsenal uh, last season. It doesn't matter. Like I, I even enjoyed the the Manchester City All or Nothing, and I really don't even like Manchester City one bit at all. So I mean, just cool, very much like Hard Knocks, just kind of inside uh, behind the scenes throughout the season. So check that out. But uh, but yeah, man, you got anything else or? Uh, no, I was yeah. just gonna say, man, it's gonna be one of those things where we're not gonna know. This one might be the season where we don't know until the end of the year who's going to be up and who's going to be down. Like this is the, probably the EPL season that you and I have been clamoring for, for a long time where it's not a runaway one way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by, by city group or yeah. by the terrible people that fill Anfield day in and day out. Liverpool. So Liverpool is right. Liverpool. Not pool. Um, but no, man, that that's pretty much what I got. You want to, uh, you want to take us out here? Yeah, man. Obviously. Thank you to everyone uh, for tuning into the inner Miami podcast. Uh, shout out to all of our listeners, all the fans, all of La Familia, all the SGs, all you psychopaths. We love you all so, so much. You can find us on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast or on Instagram at InterMiami Podcast. Uh, check out the Discord community. Reach out to us. Always bumping every single day. I'll be in an arsenal of, of different subjects we discuss now with different channels. But, uh, you know non-stop fun banter and uh yeah man as we end every single episode vamos miami vamos miami